Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to United Hour, your official RedCafe.net podcast for all things at Manchester United. My name's Imran. I'm Cole. And it's just the two of us today coming to you straight after the Tottenham game. So we've just won 3-1 away at Spurs. Only our second win away at Spurs since Fergie left, incredibly. Mm. Um, so not a really happy hunting ground for us, but we, we won 1-0 a couple of seasons ago and today was fantastic performance, especially in that second half where we really were by far the best team on the pitch. Tottenham really, I mean, they're not up so much anyway at the moment, but we absolutely hammered them really in that second half. Um, Colin, what's your big takeaway from the game shortly after it? I'm just absolutely buzzing because, the, you know, if you take the feeling I had at half time and the feeling I had at full time, they couldn't be more contrasting like that. I don't think we were awful in the first half by any means, but there was a real burning sense of injustice within me. I was extremely annoyed and frustrated at uh, the decisions, which I'm sure we'll talk about. And I did have a bad feeling that that was just going to kind of scupper us, that our players might lose the head a wee bit, or that Spurs might kind of thrive off that in terms of continuing to throw themselves around the pitch, like just in a, in a disgraceful manner, really. Um, and that that would just be the story of the game. But thankfully, I was completely wrong and uh, needn't have worried because we came out and absolutely smash them in the second half like you alluded to mm, um i mean I, I probably one of our most impressive performances of the season for a number of reasons which we'll get into but i just i would just before we come on i was just watching the scott mctominay interview i enjoyed it a lot but the main thing that he said was like about the team's character and i think really today showed how much character there is in this side which is, which is something that we've you know probably doubted for quite a long time particularly post fergie you know we've always thought that the team was kind of fragile and that a lot of those players are still in there and really this season it's hard to make that argument at all. Oh, I mean, you can't this season. What, 28 points from, from losing positions is a crazy start. Obviously, there's the negative of, you know, you have to go behind however many times. But the character in this side is is really, you can't fault it. I mean, obviously, the, when, when the questions about Ole obviously come like tactics, setting up a team, etc., etc. But in terms of actually motivating a team, 
building a team of characters, you, you can't fault this. And it's at half time, you go into that, when we go into that dressing room, you think like, oh, we've lost our heads here. Like we are down, we're beating ourselves up. And we come out in that second half and just absolutely blitzed it. Fantastic professional performance. Just, we blew them away. They, could, they couldn't handle us. I and mean, it's not like we scored goals that were spawny or, Lacked anything. We we scored. No, we just quick goals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and in a measured way, like we kept the ball really well, and we we just used it really well. I thought it was just a really high level performance from so many players on the pitch, and um, which I think we'll get into later. But yeah, that I mean that's as good as I've seen us play for a long while because it hasn't been just that great lately. I mean, ten goals and ten games, something like that. And um, we have been struggling, particularly creatively, even though we've been super solid. And um, the first half, I was I was kind of lamenting that I was think we're just you know is this what we are now? Just a solid team that's hard to break down, but isn't that great to watch but I mean as you say second half we absolutely put it on them and you know to speak to the mentality point I think that's now the joint second best away record in the Premier League ever you know in yeah. terms of like like it really is title winning, winning form it's crazy and to be honest with you without looking at our away fixtures it, we should really be going to the end of the season probably undefeated away from home which will be really impressive I think yeah. the hardest one is probably Leeds away because of the obviously the rivalry and Leeds obviously get, can be very good on the days they should I'm just I'm buzzing really really buzzing after that performance I yeah. I, I mean my hot takes before the game were that we were definitely going to lose and I don't know why we're starting Cavani he's a bit <laughs> rubbish so really what do yeah. I know I don't know why you're listening yeah. to me speak my nonsense but yeah I mean, I mean I, the Cavani seemed... as a place to start is is really interesting because you know in the first half you wouldn't really have disagreed with you there you know your your takes might have felt like they were spot on and it really was a game of two halves but he, he kind of went from looking a little bit static really isolated to looking just phenomenal and and, and after the goal particularly his confidence grew and um, I felt and towards the end of the game you know he was getting involved in our link up play fantastically but you know I said it a while ago it, even though I don't think Cavani's the guy, he shows you the guy we need, which is someone like Cavani, mm. but maybe just a little bit younger or slightly different. You know, he shows you the value of a proper number nine for this team. And and then equally, when we actually start to put in quality balls into the box and start to actually play good football around the 18-yard line, as opposed to asking him to play, you know, within our own half or as a lone target man, which isn't really great and didn't really work in the first half. But once you do start feeding balls into the box and playing around the six-yard box and being a wee bit more willing just to kind of shovel the ball in he just comes alive and and he was terrific today i mean i feel like he took the disallowed goals some sort of personal affront <laughs> yeah. and, yeah. and he just came alive i, I, I was i say he came alive obviously for the goal but i i think after that disallowed goal he was just he seemed like a man on a mission yeah he was getting involved it. in play. Like, it's it michael jordan it's and, michael yeah. jordan meme waiting to happen i think <laughs> it's obviously like he comes alive in the box but i feel like his play even outside the box today was terrific like bringing it down, holding it up, bringing others into play. Like We saw it glimpses of it early in the season. It's kind of dropped off a bit. I feel like he's become like an isolated figure, but the second half he was just joining, every, getting everyone to join in, contributing to everything, and then fantastic goal. But I guess we should, um, we should start. I mean, there's so many places to start. So let's start at the beginning uh, with the lineup. Were you, I mean, were you happy with the lineup? Ole said that um, Mason had to come out because he felt a niggle. Yeah. Uh, so with that in mind, were you happy with Freddie McTominay as the base? Yeah, I was. I was pretty. I'm always pretty happy to see Pogba pushed up. I think he's um, done that really well this season. In the few times that he has, you know, we've seen him um, recently. You know, come on and make the difference high up on the left, scoring goals, um, and he's done it throughout the season when he's been available. So I don't ever really. That doesn't ever really bother me, particularly in big games. I think it's a really good way to use Pogba because you don't necessarily get what can happen sometimes 
the negatives of him playing in centre midfield. And also in the big games, you know, Fred McTominay are you know, very, very, very rarely going to let you down. I was really pleased to see Shaw starting. Obviously, he was a slight injury concern. I think he's just essential, like so essential to us. And apart from that, the team picked itself. Mm. And also it leaves something on the bench with Greenwood, which actually came into great effect. So I had no concerns at all about the team sheet. Um, I thought it was it was absolutely spot on. I was initially disappointed to see Mason not starting, but then when you heard the reason why, I was like, fair enough, because obviously scored last game out and you thought maybe you want to continue that confidence but it's understandable yeah. and i think when it is when it is a front three of pogba rashford and, and cavani you know that, like if it was no no harm but if it was dan james or if it was someone else you know you maybe think oh actually i would have just played greenwood for that extra bit of class but i think when it's he's essentially being dropped for paul pogba you know that's that's fine really yeah and then i'm Fred and McTominay work as a partnership. We see it works. And obviously, there's, we talked on the last pod about Fred and Pogba not being a great partnership. I certainly don't think Fred and Matic is probably our worst partnership. So I mean, <laughs> at least we know that Fred and McTominay actually actually works well. So it's a solid base to start off with. People complain that it's not the most adventurous, doesn't give us a spark. But when you've got Pogba and Bruno on the pitch, obviously it compensates for that. It just means that I guess our counter-attacking football goes out the window a bit. We can't really counter as... We usually do, but against Spurs, is that? I mean, I don't think Spurs would allow us to counter attack anyway, so it's, I don't think it's a big issue. And obviously, none of our goals came from a counter attack, really. No. The last one, I guess, they were pushing up, but they were just really well worked goals, um, which was nice to see, actually. You know, people call us some sort of, we can only counter and that's it, but today we carved them open with some excellent football in the second half. But but yeah, I mean, did, did you feel like we were going to win the game at the beginning of the game? Because I made a big deal of saying that how I just couldn't see us winning, mainly because Leicester lost today. Yeah. City lost yesterday. Yeah. We yeah. played on Thursday. They didn't. Our record's terrible. Jose usually pulls out a win when he needs to. Like it was all like the stars yes. were aligning for a loss. Yes. I just couldn't see it. I felt it was like um, uh, uh, one of those games where it's pointless to make predictions, you know, because I just don't know what you could be basing that off. Like I understand all those arguments for us losing it. Yep, and there's probably less arguments for us winning it. Other than people will say, "Look, we're not actually as bad as we think we are." Sometimes, and mm. we are second in the league. And Spurs haven't just been amazing lately, um, by any means, and they've largely regressed under Mourinho so but there's obviously that 6-1 that that lives long in the memory the fact that I think until he retires every single time Mourinho comes back to Old Trafford I will feel uh, uneasy about what kind of performance we're going to get you know there's just bad juju around that as well so to me it was just a game that I couldn't you know I couldn't say you know how we're going to perform I I didn't know whether we'd get a performance I thought we might be tired after Thursday I think weirdly Spurs would be more up for playing us than quite a lot of other teams just due to that Mourinho element and, and the kind of recent success they've had against us. So I, I probably would have agreed with you, even though I thought it was kind of like it could, you know, flip of a coin kind of thing. I probably would have erred more towards, I don't feel great about this, you know, which is kind of how I was feeling. But I was looking forward to it um, all weekend. I just wanted to see a good game and like it was a really good game. It was, well, well, it was it in parts extremely frustrating, but in the end, I mean, the payoff is huge, you know. Well, I thought the first 30 minutes were kind of kind of poor in a way well not even poor just not a lot was happening really in that first 30 minutes uh, maybe yeah. it was just a case of feeling each other out I think the only thing that really happened was that Rashford half chance where Dyer made a good block but other than that I don't think either team really did much yeah it was like a lot of trying hard and not a lot of quality it was a bit you know scrappy and frantic but I also think Spurs like they're just they're just gross under Mourinho you know like they have good players I want to get to Spurs. we'll get Spurs at the end I think um, yeah. I'd like to have a bit of a chat about them but on us, we actually took the lead in this game. Uh, kind of a goal out of nothing, really. Um, but a brilliant goal. Uh, I'm going to call it a goal because, let's be honest, it was. Yeah. Pogba doing some excellent work on that left-hand side, slipping in Cavani with a great nutmeg and who nutmeg the keeper. 1-0, golden. 
Yeah, all, um, all good, all good, no problems here. All good. I, I, I mean, I don't. My cheering for goals kind of tempers by what I feel has happened, and I properly celebrated that goal because I just didn't like. I didn't feel like it was going to be offside or anything. Whereas our yeah. first goal, which we'll get to later, I didn't cheer as hard because I thought it might be offside. Yeah, but that goal, I thought, no, fine, done. And then we saw the replay. I was like. Pfft. He's never going to disallow that. I mean, we've seen some of the stuff that defenders have done to attackers have done to our defenders. Yep. Thinking Lindelof getting arms in the face. West, West Bromwich album. Yep. That's a particular yeah, highlight like, where someone literally put their whole hand on his face and pushed him away. Yeah. We've got um, people pushing hair like on these, these, these things that are, are technically foul. I mean, the Lindelof ones are, are pretty much a blame foul, but like the things that are like technically fouls, but you think this it's soft. Yeah. So. Yeah. And this one, this one, out of all those that I've just mentioned, this is the softest of the lot. I mean, Jesus, he has, what, brushed his face? Brushed it, if that? And you go to VAR, who look at this in slow motion. And if you look at something in slow motion, how on earth can you judge the impact of anything? That makes yeah. no sense. Yeah. It is so stupid. I mean, football's often guilty of that, particularly retrospectively, when we're looking at things that happened at extreme pace and you know slowing it down to frame by frame you know it barely works for offside never mind for contacts you know and um, but i was apoplectic i genuinely couldn't believe it and yet from the moment the first replay was shown i just had this sinking feeling in my stomach and yet we were all saying it we we're all saying that can't be there's no way this is going to get overturned that would be the softest in the world and yet inside of us all we would have known you know we would have all felt that we actually knew exactly what was going to happen and it was two or three minutes of just drawn out agony because you just knew he was going to disallow that goal which genuinely i mean i know we were hyper you know probably hyperbole and saying i will never watch football again if this isn't given but like that is how it makes you feel and vr is just it is the death of football and i think that's clear i was happy to see keen and um, mika richards and jamie redknapp just unified in their absolute no one even attempted to make any kind of argument for that being a correct decision it is bananas it, it is a decision that i can only imagine would be given by someone who has literally never ever 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 played football in their in their life and hasn't watched any football either it's just crazy and the even more baffling thing is for that and his son has grabbed him exactly around the waist to pull him back so obviously mctominay's got to use his arms to like push has, himself away free himself. He can. yeah but then son gets the free kick yeah it's just bizarre okay. i mean that that son initiating contact for me not that i think even if son doesn't touch him and mctominay moves his arm backwards and catches him slightly no, in the face, still i still, still don't think foul. it's a go I still, I still don't think it's a foul but with son engaging contact it's just natural when you're running away from the ball and you feel someone you know grabbing at you from behind you just move your arm up in this kind of defensive swinging motion it's like everyone does it it's just natural it's part of football in the same way that when you jump for a header you raise your elbow sometimes in the same way that when you are trying to defend you don't have your arms tucked behind your back and yet particularly on the context of arms football is just absolutely losing the run yeah, of itself it doesn't know what it doesn't them, know does it? it doesn't and it never had to do anything with them to begin with just let people you know play football naturally it's crazy this clampdown that has come on people using their arms in football it is a contact sport you're allowed to lean into someone when you're jumping for a ball to gain leverage you're allowed to move your arm back to to shrug someone off you're allowed to go shoulder to shoulder and you're allowed to use your arms when you're running to just to run Can you imagine a bunch of people sat in a room going it's called football yeah, well yeah maybe but it's just foot it's devastating to me it makes my 
willingness to watch the game just disappear like I, honestly it was just like that gives you big feelings about mm. why you invest so much of your time watching this because it's awful it has to go or like you know i appreciate there's other countries that have implemented VAR much better um it's been a, well, largely a success in italy and i think spain and, and certainly in the u.s and germany so maybe it is just the FA just getting it horribly, horribly wrong. Just to cover our backs, I'm sure someone will say, oh, this happened in Italy, Spain, Germany, whatever. So probably maybe VAR is terrible everywhere. But, <laughs> um, well, a couple of things. What I will say is to anyone who says, well, you caught him in the face, yes. You, but you are actually allowed to catch people in the face. It's got to be a force that's over negligible. And I don't see how you could say that's anything less than negligible. That's what the whole, I mean. The whole Martial sending off thing last yeah, week we were I mean, all complaining about. Yeah. It's, it's it's got to be a, it's got to be forceful, and it just wasn't forceful. But anyway, that fair enough. That's not in the past, but this was ridiculous. And VAR in general, it's just it's just run by idiots. I mean, the rules aren't set up for it, which is no, that's a problem because no yeah. that's a problem in itself. But then it's just it's just it's just run by idiots. I mean, in the Newcastle game earlier today, a, a Newcastle player literally got kicked in the face. He got kicked in the face in the box, and a bad guy looked at him and went, "Yep, that's not yeah. all." And I mean. The ref was looking at it in real time. It's not one he missed, you know. He literally saw it and didn't think it was a foul. And he also had Son's, you know, piercing scream to alert him to the fact. Yeah. And he let play go on for a minute and a half. So he he knows that the challenge has happened. He knows exactly how it's happened. And suddenly this slow-mo frame gives him a better understanding of what actually happened than he got live time in order for him to reverse that decision. It's an absolute nonsense. It's, it's, it's a mounting pressure. It's the other team putting pressure on and someone in his assistant. I, just, I honestly... I'm trying to justify the reason why they give that, but I honestly can't because it's baseless. Well, you it's can't completely- justify it being clear and obvious, can you? Like, it's meant to be clear and obvious. And the fact that most people think it probably isn't a foul... It, obviously means it's not clear and obvious and i mean clear and obvious is dumb anyway because one man's clear it's it's, it's not a rule to hang your hat on even though in this case you're you're totally right it it will get it wrong the other 50 percent of the time that's why it's a completely stupid rule along with a host of other stupid rules that are used to implement for but yeah it just it's absolutely brutal i mean there's a wider point about how absolutely despicable spurs were in their theatrics um i don't know if that's what you're talking about speaking about later in spurs but oh Hard to watch, hard to watch, hard to watch if you're a Spurs fan, I would imagine. Well, I mean, it benefited them in that instance. And then they went and scored probably against the run of play. Yeah. I mean, I think it was their first real attack um, and kind of came about because of a Lindelof. <laughs> Couldn't really clear the ball and then Sun had it at the back post. Uh, so I guess you'd say a mistake from Lindelof. But weirdly, these are, these are the, the defensive mistakes that I don't mind. No, I don't mind that at in all. In a weird way. Because he's literally just tried to kick the ball. And exactly. Miss. Like that that can happen. It's the most it's obvious the error, you know. It's not Yeah. It's it's the mistakes where someone has positioned themselves yeah. poorly or they've not gone for a ball that they should have or something like You make the wrong choice, ones, you know, that's that's you know, just yeah. a bad mistake. Whereas this he's done he's doing the right thing. Maybe his body position's off or whatever, but sometimes on a football pitch when the ball comes at you funny and you haven't quite got your feet sorted. You just do silly things yeah. and miss things, and you know, like strikers do it all the time in front of goal, and no one ever, you know, calls it a big mistake. When it leads to a goal, obviously it's a different thing, but you know, it just happens to freak. You know, ten yeah. nine out of ten times he clears that ball, probably. Exactly, and that's why I'll t- I'll, t- I'll take that. I mean, it's obviously annoying, and he knows probably he obviously knows he'll have to do better, but it's a mistake I'll take over. He's left his man or yeah. not tracked to run. It's also not a problem that like is happening week in week out. You know, it's just something that happens. And it's going to happen to any, you know, it's not something that's particular to him. Yeah, no. You know, for me to to say, oh, that's classical in love. Like if he had got bullied by Kane and kind of been a bit meek in a challenge or in the air or something like that, then you'd say, oh, that's that's very frustrating because that happens quite a lot. Mm. 
although less so less so less so recently. However, it's just one of those oddities. I thought Kane ran both Maguire and Lindelof fairly well, actually. I mean, he's a good player, though. He's Kane. Like, I think he's the <laughs> yes. best striker in the league. So yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna. No, I'm not gonna chastise our defenders for not handling Harry Kane, yeah. who is both slow and fast, and has a body of like a tank at times. He's a very bizarre player, but I love him. I think he's great, Harry. Yeah, he's a great player. He's made my, my, my England allegiances showing through. Um, so yeah, 1-0 down, and you kind of think, oh, it's this is one of those days, isn't it? We've been, there's injustice. Uh, they've gone and scored. It's players losing their head a bit. I think after that, there's a couple of niggly things going on, and Cavani got booked for, not much to be fair. But After that, it was like a competition to see which set of players could make more out of bad fouls and little yeah. niggly things and like i was getting i was hugely frustrated at the spurs players because i just think it's a mockery like it's just joke football and it's so like some some clubs just just do it it's part of their culture and mm. whether that comes from a set of players or instruction or whatever it is but it's painful particularly when you're now watching football without fan noise and not without fake fan noise as well which i do and it sometimes is so painful to listen to the shrieks and the shrills and the clamoring for cards and fouls for the smallest of touches i mean the difference between football at like grassroots level and premier league level in terms of fouls and injuries and, and hard tackles is just it's mystifying to me and I, it does slightly sadden me how far the game's gone in that direction i get protecting players like 100 percent. no one wants to see um absolutely horrendous challenges flying in however physicality is a part of the game and you know tough tackling is something that's to be appreciated and just a bit of you know combativeness is is good as well particularly when you have these like wannabe hard men players like Hoiberg who you can't have it both ways I always think Granit Xhaka is one for this as well you can't be the hard man and then you know roll, roll around holding your ankle for 10 minutes and then get up and be absolutely fine like it's just ugh, it's so hard to watch sometimes and the, the the remainder of that first half was just us being silly and then reacting in that way and the ref yeah. buying into it and it was it was hugely frustrating i mean i'm sure everyone at halftime was like needing a break i had to go walk around a bit well i mean it is annoying but the referees have set up a game where you if you scream you get it like and if you don't scream you don't get it yeah. if you don't go down you don't get it if you don't fall throw yourself to the ground you don't get it if you do throw yourself to the ground if you grab your face you, you get it like that's that is the the game that the referees have set up like today son grabs his face screams gets gets a, a decision that he should never get in a million years yeah whereas if son had just continued probably actually what the force of that challenge was and continued running no one would even have looked at it again no. it wouldn't have even come up so it's annoying but that's that's the game we that's the game we have until the refs sort it out which is you know annoying but yeah we went in at half time one nil down sense of injustice and that's where the start this second half performance really ranks up high for me because just it's just an incredible turnaround it's just incredible character calmness like not letting our heads drop or yeah. get too hot-headed we turned it on and we were absolutely brilliant in that second half i cannot say enough good words about our second half performance because we were fantastic yeah i mean as you say it's very easy at that point to get sucked into this kind of passionate but ultimately silly and futile and counterproductive way of playing you know like we'll just go out and battle them more we'll kick them more and we'll we'll mm. do it that way which is very instinctive reaction as we saw after the actual incident but credit to Ole, i'm sure credit to the players the decision we made was actually look we'll just be a much better football team and we'll just we'll, we'll do it that way and having the kind of maturity ability and 
willingness to go and do that is so impressive. It's not something I would have expected at halftime at all for us to come out and put on that much of a clinic, you know, and I also think Spurs were awful in the second half, but yeah, they were, you know, you still have to go and do it. You still have to play like the the better team and the good team. And I often think United post Fergie, have had this kind of crisis confidence where we don't do that. You know, we've, there's been so many games that we should be, you know, just being dominant and asserting the fact that we are the better team with better players. And it just doesn't always happen, but it really happened in that second half. You know, they look confident to go and do that. And and you saw it across the park. I mean, the performances to a man were extremely, extremely good. And I think a lot of people might've been like, Oh, I hope Ollie gives the, the ref an earful at halftime. And maybe he wanted to, but it actually kind of shows that maybe not losing your head, Kind of can work. I mean, imagine if Ollie goes to that ref screaming in his face, gets yeah. sent off. There's, where's the discipline for the second half? I'm not saying that would definitely happen or anything, but you know, nice to pontificate about these things. Yeah. So, you know, Ollie, people do criticize Ollie for not losing his rag. So maybe that's one reason he doesn't because he mm. feels like he needs to stay calm. I mean, he did have calm. what I can only describe as a face of thunder. Um, yeah, just as, as the first half, that's the, definitely the most angry I've seen him. Um, but then I also noted in the second half there was a little um, period of play where Spurs were kind of getting after us with a few niggly fouls, and the ball kind of ran out for a throw, and the ref gave it the wrong way or something like that, or he didn't give the foul. And it looked like the players were kind of getting frustrated, and only came running off the bench. And I thought he was running to kind of say, I thought he was, I thought he was like, oh god, he's going to have a go oh, yeah, at, the, at the linesman, or he's going to have a go at the thing, and he just like got Pogba's attention and started clapping and like talking him through as if to say you know listen don't worry about that like it doesn't matter that was good football good play that's what we should be doing mm. and I was really the funny thing is when I saw him coming off the bench I was like oh he's gonna shout at a linesman here shout at the ref this might be quite funny because Ole getting angry is quite funny to me um, and then he, he just didn't do what I expected him. he was always really positive and I think that is indicative of what you're talking about um, which is really good you know won't always work you know but no, um, but when it does, it's really nice. It is really nice because it's a you know there's more than one way to skin a cat, I guess. I mean, and that's really, that's I mean, if you're going to pick a way to win a game today, you'd want to win it by great football, great goals, and no shit housing is which which is yeah. how we won it, and it really just makes you feel great. Um, the only I mean, Bruno did spend a lot of time trying to get people booked, which was kind of funny in a, an endearing Bruno kind of way. Yeah, I mean, Bruno, <laughs> yeah, Bruno was like Bruno. his own little thing. I think like he's like that in every match from minute one. Like seeing probably he's like that kind of character. I think where like you you create these narratives in your head that this thing's going on to kind of give yourself extra motivation when actually it's not. You know, <laughs> and that is you know pretty common I think amongst elite sportsmen. People say to like Bruno should be our captain because then he can talk to the ref more. Yeah, he doesn't do it enough. Exactly. I mean, it's crazy. So no, but I think you know Bruno is the one that it probably is like that quite a lot in our squad like Herrera used to be a wee bit as well but um it's his own thing isn't it yeah well anyway we got our goal I mean was there, there was a chance before it I think can't remember now it's all a blur but I feel we were really we started the start the half well crisp passing getting it to feet really playing it around and we got a goal from absolutely fantastic passing like just a great move um between Rashford Bruno and Fred playing it into Cavani and I thought if Cavani had put that in you're looking at one of our best goals of the season there. Yeah. Just, that's how good the passing was. It is gorgeous. Um, yeah. But he did the right thing by shooting across the keeper and Fred uh, finished it off. Fred, who, another hot take from me, uh, at, uh, about five minutes in the second half, I said, Fred is kicking the ball like a five-year-old. <laughs> so he uh, went and showed me and then he went on to have an... Because I think there was a time where the ball dropped out of the sky and he just kind of swung at it and he went out for a throw and I was like, that was absolutely terrible, Fred. Yeah. But then from then on, he was brilliant. Absolutely everywhere. I mean, this, that's the weird thing with Fred. Sometimes he can look like he's never kicked the ball in his life. And sometimes he looks like he has been channeling so the slick. Gods. Yeah, he really is. You know, it goes from one pole to the other sometimes. And there was like there was a period 
I can't remember what point of the game, but where there was just this kind of boggy midfield battle happening, and he like miscontrolled it, tackled it, miscontrolled it, tackled it, miscontrolled it about eight times in this one sequence play, and he can just be so so all over the place sometimes, and yet other times he just whips the ball around so nice. He definitely can do the little um, sort of one twos and exchanges, had a lovely few lovely sort of back heel touches for Pogba and stuff like that, but. I mean, he nearly misses the goal, which is amazing. It's the bar, I think, on the way in. Um, but it's great following in, and something that we, you know, we are sometimes quite pedestrian with the lack of, lack of Martial and Rashford, and even Greenwood sometimes not really being super at jogging on the spot. Haven't really learnt that trick, and it's really Cavani who's the only one who you would think would sniff out that chance. But you know, he has no reason to follow that ball, and he does, which is is extremely good because otherwise that goal doesn't happen. Um, more broadly, like he made the most passes on the pitch with 60 and made the most ball recoveries out of both teams with 11. It was genuinely a superb performance. Um, it's just hard sometimes to watch him and separate all that good from the wee bits of bad that look so bad. Like Sometimes he looks <laughs> really not like a professional footballer, but he was very much back to his best today. It was absolutely superb. Yeah, and it was like once he got his mojo, he was like turning away from players. Yeah passing it in feet, getting it back, passing it again. Like a lot of t- a lot of times Fred can really let himself down when he spends too long on the ball. But today he was like really quick on it, releasing it, and I thought he was excellent. And I also thought Scott McTominay was excellent next yeah. to him. Particularly, you know, bugging after twenty minutes. And he is a player it's funny because he's so happy to put in a tackle and quite often gets it wrong. Um, and yet, when he's on a yellow, I would always trust him. Well yeah, I, I thought he was excellent. Especially that last twenty minutes, I swear he was everywhere. Yeah. Absolutely everywhere in that last 20 minutes, picking up the ball, intercepting and using his strength and getting past players. I thought it was a very very good performance from him and Fred. So good from our midfield and good from our attackers as that second goal, which I'm a, kind, I'm a bit in love with that second goal. I love a diving header. Who doesn't love a diving header? Let's diving headers are, are up there with Rabonas and overhead kicks as far as I'm concerned. I would take a diving header over an overhead kick. I'll, I'll tell you that right Depends now. what kind of you overhead give me, kick. Give me Sebastian Allaire from, was that this season? Like yeah, middle of the box, okay. ping. Whereas one where like the striker's half fallen over and bumbles it into the net, then okay, yeah, don't care. Okay, much. but give me Robbie Van Persie. For, yeah, okay, that's Holland a freak goal. That's anything. not even like a diving header. So it's a diving header slash lob the keeper slash over the shoulder ball. Like it's it's a freak of a <laughs> goal. goal. Yeah. I love that goal. I watch it all the time. Um, but yeah, just a, a brilliant goal. Um, Greenwood had come on for Rashford at that point. Yeah, and then, good sub, great sub. Yeah, great sub. And we had been pushing before that. Um, Bruno had a shot saved by Larice, a really good save from Larice actually. Yeah. Off his left, that, that shot was off his left. Like Bruno's so good. Yeah, it was a great shot. That and just dipping, it, it was one of those. If it dipped things. a wee bit earlier, I think it beats beats the keeper. Yeah, because you actually wanted to kind of bounce and come up, whereas he got it just just as it was on the floor, basically. Yeah, and then there was that Pogba chance from with Luke Shaw. Uh, I'm, I'm going all over the place here. I'm just too excited. I'm sorry. So let's let's, let's let, I need to talk about that Luke Shaw pass because that was something else. Yeah, we outside of the boot drifter to the back post for Bruno to lay it across. I mean, it's Luke Shaw was again unbelievably good in every facet of the game i genuinely think he's our best footballer and i don't mean like he's our best player or he's in the best whatever he's genuinely the best at football well i mean he there was a game last time the last pod i was on luke shaw had a brilliant game i don't think we mentioned his name once because he was so good and yet we just expect it now because he is an incredible footballer and he's playing with such confidence that i mean he has the ball in the corner he's got two people running at him and he doesn't care he'll just take it round one, pass it round the other, whatever. Like I, I genuinely would trust Luke Shaw in pretty much any situation. Yeah. And that one there, when he's playing with that with his, with this confidence, just so nonchalant outside of the left foot, yeah, sure, why not? I'll put this on right onto Fre- uh, Fernandez's foot, why not? He is an unbelievable footballer. Like I'll just read you his stats, 100% final third pass accuracy, and the balls he was trying were not just gimmies. 94% pass accuracy, accuracy overall, four ball recoveries, three successful take-ons, two tackles, Two chances created, 
he's just he's exceptional. I wish we could lock down a left wing partner for him. Like I know mm-hmm. it's I know it's, I think it will be Rashford, but even today you have Rashford moved out to the right pub on the left, but. He's just so good. He's so good. Yes, I don't think he matters. I think whoever plays with him, he's, he's just going to be excellent. It mattered when it was Marshall, but I think that's a whole other yeah, thing. Yeah, okay, yeah. But he, and his first touch is that's sweet. It's like probably butter. along with Matt has the best first touch in our team. And Pogba, to be fair. Pogba's Pogba today, today yeah, fantastic. But yeah, Pogba probably should have scored that. He tried to go for a flick, which... I was very annoyed at the time. He needs to just jump and hit it with his right, like like a fallen over volley kind of situation. Like, he has all the time in the world to do that. There's really not a... He lets the defender in by going for the back heel. Like, people, like I saw a few people saying, well, you know, if, if the defender wasn't blocking, that back heel's going. And he's like, yeah, well, the defender's nowhere near him until he decides to back heel it. He could have just kicked it. And he's like a yard out, so it obviously would have went in. Um, not a big not a big deal now. And he had a, no. a pretty majestic performance, so we'll let him but weirdly i wasn't that annoyed because i felt we're gonna get more chances here like I, it, if this was a game against i don't know a city and it was tight you'd be like oh that's really annoying like we need to take that chance but i, I felt like we were definitely going to get more chances so i wasn't too annoyed and plus pogba was absolutely phenomenal today yeah like his touch he's holding off he's dribbling passing everything when when pogba plays like this i mean how can you how can you want any other footballer in your team he is phenomenal when he yeah, plays it's like crazy that. he overshadows everyone really at that point i think because it's that old thing where everyone's like well he can do everything and in those days he is literally doing everything like you you want you want a flyny you'll do that off his chest no problem at all you know you want one matters touch you'll do that you want bruno's passing you'll do that you want someone who can dribble and put in a brilliant cross he'll absolutely do that like it, you know i do like him in that little slot as well because again i just think it gives him the base behind him that means we're not going to struggle and also I just don't think he is a six, really. I, I don't, you know, you no. know, he's good at spreading the ball around, but there's, there's always the liability element, and I just like him around the eighteen yard line. That's always like his pass for Cavani's goal in the first is 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 a brilliant pass. It's a brilliant pass. You know, there's not a lot of room to work with there, um, and he does it absolutely perfectly. And also Meg's Ori on the on the on the um, in the way of doing so. So I just want him as close to the goal as possible, really, all the time. I mean, I loved it. I loved that in the first half where he absolutely. Peter crouched Serge Aurier. Yeah. Absolutely dominated him and then got a header off to Cavani. It was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, just bullied him. And yeah, I agree. Kind of like, you, the, the, I guess the problem, the, the thing people want from Pogba is if he's in midfield, you want, he's such talent and he's got so many attributes to his game, as we said, like you want him all on show and you want them in, I guess, in midfield because he's getting the ball more. But I mean, today out there, when he's playing that kind of free role ish, he's getting the ball so much that. I think he sees enough of it. Yeah, exactly. And, and he drops in. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't play like a left winger, obviously. Um, so I think that actually helps the midfield as well because, it, you know, Bruno then has someone to play with. McTominay and Fred probably have another person to hit. And, you know, I just, I just think he's slightly wasted at six or, or it just doesn't, mm. it just doesn't marry up, you know? And then, so now we can go back to the diving header goal. Uh, this is a very well structured podcast. I'm sure you'll agree. <laughs> Greenwood, early cross, Cavani! Manchester United have turned it around away from home again. You won't want anybody else on the end of that. He's never going to miss. Great little nutmeg from Bruno Fernandes into Greenwood. Crossed it in and just a brilliant header from Cavani. Sending it the other way. Atoning for that terrible decision and getting his goal. And rounding off a great performance, really, from Cavani, as we said earlier. Um, I guess the... The question is on Cavani is where do we see his future really? Is it at the club? Is it not at the club? What do you think? Um, hard to say at the moment. I know a, a month or two ago there was all that talk that he wanted to leave, he wanted to go home, um, back to South America next during the summer and stuff like that. It, it kind of tied in because he didn't just look the happiest person in the world. Um, mm. I know we're kind of, I think, working on a contract kind of chat at the moment and seeing where that's going to go. 
Um, I don't really mind. I have to say, like, I, I really enjoy him. I, I love his character. I think he's been good for us. Um, and I think he's shown us what we need. But I, I would like us to buy a striker this summer. So I'm quite happy if he goes. Um, or at least a star right winger and play Greenwood there week in, week out would also be fine for me. So I don't really care is the answer. Um, <laughs> if he stays, I'd be happy to have him. But honestly, if he went, I, I wouldn't really bat an eyelid. It's just one of those cool signings that, you know, it's enjoy it while you have it. For me, it's a Henrik Larsson, it's a Michael Owen, it's an Ibrahimovic. It's, you know, it's just that kind of striker who you probably always wanted at your club and never came. And then you get them in the twilight of their career. And, I, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to hold on for a year and he never gets any minutes because we just move away from it or whatever else. You know, having said that, you know, he is fit. He was doing the most pressing out of that front three today by a margin um, or front four, even when Greenwood came on. Um, so I don't think it's necessarily that he's at the end of his career. It's just if he wants to spend another year in England and all that kind of stuff, it, it, it wouldn't bother me. Of his seven goals in the Premier League, how many do you think are headers? Uh, two, three? Five. <laughs> Oh, bloody hell. It's mad. So, yeah, but I thought he was excellent. I thought um, his position in, when, in the second half, when we actually started firing balls in around the six-yard box, it was a really nice moment where Greenwood had just come on. He received the ball wide right, cut inside, and took a shot from a really wide angle. It just kind of rattled the side of the net. And Cavani straight away just started clapping because he was running in against um, Lloris, even though the ball basically just went straight out. He, you know, he implodes that attention. He just wants the ball around the six-yard box. doesn't matter what you're doing with it. He doesn't need you to cross it down. He just wants you to shoot. He just wants you to do something just to get the ball in the box for him to have something to feed off. And I thought him turn around and kind of clapping that intent from Greenwood, even though Greenwood was, some would say, selfishly taking a shot from a poor angle. I just think it's class because he just wants the ball in and around that area. And that's what all his movements are geared towards. Mm. Um, and on the, like the goal cross the, the, the nutmeg's great the passage play before is great but greenwood just kind of seeing that and just know he doesn't he barely looks but he just swings like it's just one of those ones so natural you just swing a leg at it and you know it's just going on an absolute sixpence and greenwood's technical like ability for me is just getting better and better and better i just think he's, he's he's clearly become more confident and he just absolutely put it on a on a penny for cavani to to give us the sweet diving header it was class goal yeah i think i mean if you asked me what 24 hours ago i said yeah move cavani on give him a pat on the back, thanks for filling in kind of thing. It's kind of hard after that performance for him to say, oh, yeah. We're done with it. We're done with it, yeah. If he, if he continues to play like that, then yeah, keep him around. So I'm, 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 right now, if you ask me, I'm, I'm in your camp of, I don't, I don't really care. Let's see what happens. We need a striker. I'd, I would like us to buy a proper striker. I'd like us to buy Harry Kane, but I mean, obviously we probably can't, but you know. Um, if we can't and we can only get a right winger, then yeah, keep him around. Him and Greenwood can do that. But he, it's get, I guess it's weird because like I just don't think he's played like this like today before today basically. But then we also as a team haven't played like today before today either. Like we seem to run out of ideas a lot when we we're against a, a, a team sitting in. But today, like we are passing a movement and we were really like on the front foot and that he came alive because of that. So it's hard to see. It's, it's kind of chicken and egg. Who came first? Did he come alive because of us? Or did we? was he alive anyway? Yeah, start start putting the balls in places that he actually... Well, I did think... I did think he was not great in the first half. Again, it's very hard to say whether that's our fault half, or his it? fault. Yeah, I appreciate that. But then you can get someone that can pull you out of that, you know, and you can get someone yeah. who can give you more even when you're not playing well. And I, that's the thing I think he'll never give you, which is fine. Like, it's not a problem. He probably really hasn't done that in his career ever, never mind at the end of it. And that's not a big issue. Not every player can do that or has to do that. In fact, we probably rely too much on that from Bruno and Rashford already. So you don't want just another player that you look to to do everything for you. Pogba also would be included in that camp. But if you don't, then you have to, the team has to 
function in such a way where they create those options and they create those um, patterns and, and, and those circumstances where he then does come alive. And we obviously did that far more in the second half, but it, it just, for the 90 minutes in a lot of games, I just see him as too isolated. And it, it's possibly yeah. still just, you know, his lack of minutes in this team, the fact that if we play with him versus with Martial versus with Greenwood, we play in a completely different way. You know, it really changes from a counter-attacking thing to a more possession-based put-balls-into-the-box style. And maybe we're just not good at making that adjustment that quickly. Um, could be all those things. But the one thing that you can't say is that there's no player in our team that scores the goals he scores or would score or puts themselves in the positions that he puts himself in. And it, it does just show you how much we need that. I just, I just think we can maybe do slightly better than Cavani in that. And I don't mean that as any kind of disrespect because he's he's excellent. Yeah, uh, agreed. And then, so after that, we kind of dropped off a little bit while still playing quite well. But then I think Spurs had their only, I'd say they had a couple of chances then. Kane um, had a decent shot in the near post. Son had a decent shot at the near post. Two good saves from Henderson, although you'd expect him to save them both. And then they hit the bar with a weird one, kind of Pogba Oof. headed it, then Cavani Oof. headed it. Which Forgot about that. To. Well, yeah, that was, that was because, I mean... It looked like Cavani was kind of nearly scoring an own goal, but a crucial head from him because if he hadn't headed it, then Ndombele would have easily put it in. So yeah. that was... And the margin of error is, is yeah. obviously hit the post like, but geez, it's slight. He was trying to score another head of goal, but it's an unbelievable um, touch really from him and very necessary. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we do defensive pieces a bit better when we've got Pogba and Cavani on the pitch because they're both, you know, so good in the air. But Conversely as well, it seemed like Harry Kane headed away every single corner we put into their yeah, box. he did. Which maybe says just as much about our corners, but like, and like Van Persie used to be amazing at that. It's it's Lukaku as well. I think it's common enough, but certainly Cavani and Kane on both ends of the pitch were doing the work. Well, they, they had, so they had about a 10 minute, what we went to one up with about 10 minutes ago, and then they had about a five to eight minute spell where they were kind of getting on top a little bit. Uh, but obviously, we were just kind of defending what we had. And Henderson, I thought Henderson did quite well, actually, in just the fact that everything he did, he did with authority, which was nice to see. Yep. Um, not that he did anything spectacular, um, but he did well to cover our defenders, coming off his line, doing some obviously decent saves with his feet, and just just generally being quite authoritative, which I thought was quite good. Few good saves with his feet, few good claims of crosses, um, mm. a lot of verbals, which I thought was extremely good. Good distribution, I thought, when they started to press us high in the second half, even though they only did it for about ten minutes, and also. As per Statman Dave, Dean Henderson rushed off his line to cut out an attacking pass or close down an opposite player on three occasions there. No keep, no goalkeeper has done so more in a Premier League game this season. And there was one that was, um, I think it was a 2-1, and it was Kane going through off the shoulder of, of Maguire. And Maguire was completely wrong side, and he wasn't getting back. And then out of the picture just comes Henderson um, to kind of shut it down. And I just I was sat there wondering, am I being harsh to De Gea by thinking he wouldn't do that? Or would he genuinely not have done that? You know, De Gea had a great habit of just coming halfway out and and, and wanting to take his chance on the save rather than kind of going mm. in for the tackle. And, you know, I much prefer that from Henderson. Interesting that he started even today. You know, obviously De Gea played on Thursday. Maybe that's just Ole easing him in or maybe they do just want to see Henderson for a longer period, and which I think would be great if that if that keeps up. And he's certainly done absolutely nothing to be dropped. Quite the opposite, I think. The whole back four looks better. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a weird one though because now he gets to become our number one Premier League goalkeeper but De Gea gets to play Europa League final so. <laughs> possibly yeah. possibly who, who but then, you know, but then, you know Henderson will be there on the last game of the day when we win the league in injury time um, with a goal <laughs> against QPR so you know there's no problem so yeah they, they kind of come but then actually one thing I do really enjoy is when we don't give me a heart attack at the end of a game yeah I was going to mention this because we always talk about this how 
Manchester United in the last 10 minutes of football matches we're winning for you and I is one of the most painful experiences no man. usually yeah but today not we actually didn't yeah. play like idiots no, we actually amazing. seemed like intelligent people yeah. who knew we were a goal ahead and knew how to a not do stupid things with the ball yeah b win fouls yeah and c waste a bit of time yeah i mean see, see that play in the corner between pogba mctominay cavani um, and and shaw I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I mean, Pogba particularly. Yeah. I mean, he was just wee boy, and people at that point, he was like skinning them, running into the box, and then coming back out just to skin them again. Like it was, it was class, genuinely. And I don't normally love that kind of play, but it was kind of done really nicely, you know. This time, um, and yeah. it wasn't just like last ditch. It was just like we're clever and we're better than you, and we know we can just do this and keep the ball quite neatly. That's exactly. It. Um, and it really is a kind of a it's a slap down. Really, I also think like Spurs just capitulated. I thought really after the second goal they had. I know it was that little sort of five to ten minute period between the sort of 70th and 80th minute, but from like the 85th minute, I put a message in saying, this is going to be one of the most horrible 10 minutes of your life. And it wasn't in any way, shape or form. It was, it com- it all, was completely no. fine. Um, and that's great. That's maturity. But also I just thought Spurs look so deflated. Like, I just think that team, I think Mourinho has to go very shortly. He does have to go. Well, that's why I wanted to talk about Spurs. He's ruining that team. And, they just looked like they weren't even bothered. Like they knew they were beaten kind of thing and that they don't necessarily buy into that way of playing, I, I think. Um, and, mm. But it's class from our perspective. I, I love that. Keep the ball at the end. Um, and obviously there was the icing on the cake with um, creating a chance from it. Yeah, well, um, do you want to talk about Spurs first or the goal first? Yeah, Spurs suck and I hate them. Um, <laughs> I think they deserve everything they're getting. Well, Jose has to go. Has to. Like, I d- has, I mean, There's no way they go in the next year with him. No, they've got some very good players. Yeah. Like Kane's great, yeah. Son's great. Yeah. I really like Ndombele as well. I think Ndombele really I think is I think very defense good. Is, yep. Yeah, defence is quite poor. But I think, and I know that's why, because he's probably falling out with Alderweireld or whatever. I don't know why he, set, he insists on playing Eric Dyer as a centre back and he's terrible. But yeah. Um, yeah it, just, it feels like they're a team who don't believe in themselves yeah. at all. Like they do not believe that they, they, it's these intangible things, especially with Mourinho. It's always these intangible things. It's, they did not, I did not think that they believed that they were getting back into that game. No. Not only that, but then when they are winning games, it's the intangible thing of, well, we better defend this. And even then he'll come out and say, oh, I didn't tell them to defend, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I can't see how they can continue with him at, at all. I also think it's such a contrast to Pochettino. Now, I know it all went wrong in that last season, but previously, like he had that Spurs team just so much more than the some other parts. You know, like you had players like Davies and things just flying around the place and they were all so, it was workmanlike, but it was with like a confidence and with a belief that, that made them really dangerous and really, really hard to play against. And now it's like the opposite. It, it's like, it's like Mourinho's kind of bullied them into submission, into playing this way. And it's just, I don't think the buy-in's there at all. Even against teams like Burnley and the rest, they sit in and hope to counter, you know, and that's just that's just nowhere near good enough. Obviously, Kane's talking that if they don't get Champions League football, he might want to leave. I do think he probably sees that this is his last chance to not just have his career at Spurs winning nothing. Um, and it's, it's, it's bad news. I mean, I have a, a good friend who supports Spurs and, like, He's depressed about it, you know. It's just like, what's the point? I don't think it's a nice place at the moment for Spurs fans. You know? I mean, it's, it's crazy how Mourinho just does this now. I think this is Mourinho now, and he'll. I think he's done for the for the Premier League anyway. I can't see him getting a big job here after that. After this, he probably well, who is it? Like you know, who Arsenal? Who's going to exactly? Have you been everywhere else? Like it's crazy. <laughs> so yeah, I, I can't. I, I can't see him lasting long. I don't know if this will be the last game for him because Levy likes him a lot, obviously, but. Hey, maybe we did get him fired. So, you know, that's another thing we've done for Jose Mourinho. Um, so, yeah, anyway, on United, this is United Hour. Um, we got a third, which is really great. The, the third goal, the, the, the goal you get to win a game at the, at the end of injury time is always brilliant. 
Yeah. Because not only are you celebrating a goal, you are celebrating a win, and it's fantastic. And it's Mason Greenwood who absolutely, I mean, first off, Pogba really well, holding off the player, doing that thing we said where he just, I mean, that's the thing when you, when you are, when you're winning and it's late on, people will dive in. And if you're yeah. smart about it, you can just take it around them a lot easier. Yeah. And Pogba was smart and he did really well. And then Greenwood, yeah, great feet, getting it onto his right foot, absolutely smashed it past Lloris. And I thought it was fabulous when he came on Greenwood. I'm probably yeah. one of the only people who doesn't mind Greenwood on the right-hand side. I think he's quite good there. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I, I, I think it's testament how good he is at football that he's good out there. I just think it's not the, it's not the thing that's going to be the best for him. That's my thing. And not the best for us either. But he's still so young that... Like, I just don't want, I don't want to spend too much time there that you lose... You know, I look at Ollie Watkins at Villa and... I'm a huge fan of his. I think he's had a brilliant season. There'll be people that still say, oh, he misses five chances to score one and stuff like that. That's what a young player has to do. And that's why a young player has to play 40 games for a season or two before they will start to bang in 20 or 30 goals. Erling Haaland probably excluded. You know, everyone else, you have to key in, you know, when he got his breakthrough at Spurs. First season, you know, just average, but looked, you know, really promising. Second season, 20 goals, 20 goals, 20 goals, 20 goals, 20 goals. You have to get those chances and play that position properly for a season to really understand. And I think that's why you've seen Greenwood score whatever it was, 15, 16 goals till the last season. Everyone thought he's just going to do that forever. And this season score, what, four goals in the league, something like that, if even. Um, it's just not that simple. You you just miss chances and you don't necessarily have the confidence of someone who's been playing there week in, week out. And, and I, like I was thinking during the week, I wonder if Ollie Watkins will get there much quicker than Greenwood, even though I would say Greenwood is, you know, superior football, better talent, all that. I know Ollie Watkins is no small talent, but you need those minutes at that level. And Greenwood needs that. That's my only thing with him playing right wing is that I think just stick him at number nine and watch him be brilliant eventually. Yeah, but I mean, also you have to think that these days the wingers are the ones who score all the goals anyway. Like your right well, wingers, your left wingers, they score all your goals oh, for a lot of teams anyway. For, for, well, I've seen, you know, there's still plenty of decent number nines banging in plenty of goals. Do you know there mean? is, but there's also a lot of decent wingers banging in a lot of goals. And he has that right foot, he has that left foot, he can go either way. And I feel like if he was a striker, he would drift out right a lot anyway just because of his game. Mm. And to be fair, though, when he does play in the middle, he usually tends to stick there. But I can, I don't know. I, f- I, I like him out there. I know it, maybe it's not his best position, but I do like him there. And I think he's our best option out there anyway. When you see him slinging crosses like today, when you see him beat men with ease oh, yeah, and that, drift that, in that. and hit them off his left and his right. I mean, I thought Reguillon for his goal did awfully. Like the amount of space he was able to generate in such a small amount of, I don't know if he'd just given up at that point. I think he thought he was going to go inside because I think uh, Cavani was free, I think. So I think he just wanted to block off that pass. I kind of felt like it was it was congested inside and it, like every man on his dog knew that he was going on the right to bang it. You know, once he starts to step over, it's like, <laughs> like everyone knows what's happening. Do you know what I mean? Um, I also thought it was a really sharp finish as well. People thought Lloris could have done better, but it's very close to him. No, he's absolutely it, hammered it. With, yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, to even get a hand to it, I think is um, something. But it's great. And I'm so pleased for him because I really do, I really do think he's, going to be an excellent player like there's so much of his all-around game that's so good and he's really exhibited that more and more mm-hmm. over the last sort of five six weeks i think he's been consistently our best attacker alongside bruno bruno's obviously in a completely different way you know i think he does very few bad things in a game you know he's so much more economical like even rashford is brilliant as i think he is another extremely good season it's been a difficult season for him but very productive again um there's so many times in the game where we overrun it and run into people and take on too much and stuff. And Greenwood's complete opposite. You know, the decision making is there, the quality is there, and the delivery is there. He just needs to, you know, he just needs minutes. Pogba. I might emphasize the victory. Greenwood wants a goal for himself. Mason Greenwood gets a goal for himself, and Manchester United have the three points with a 3 1 lead. 
brilliant second half from Manchester United. A really good performance. So that was the that was the game. Three one, great win. Um, for me personally, I, I would say the second half was our best performance of the season. I don't know where would you put it. Uh, recency bias. I can't really think anything off the top of my head. We were. I mean, I always think about that Southampton game, but we were they were a man down. And just yeah, I don't really count that. Yeah. Um, and taking into account opposition and what happened in the first half, I still maintain that. I appreciate it doesn't really count, but the 3-1 loss to PSG, I thought we played excellently. And I will always think that, <laughs> even though we got a man sent off and lost 3-1, I thought we were very good. Um, I mean, that, that is definitely being half-class for that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, we've got a couple more things to talk about. Before we do, I just want to say that this show is brought to you by Manscaped. Yes, Manscaped, offering you the tools for your family jewels. And as always, you can get 20% off your Manscaped order by using the code United Hour, plus you get free shipping too. So why not go for it? Colm, you've got your Manscaped package. Yep, yeah, brilliant. Oh, unbelievable. Lovely t-shirt, great little pair of boxers, uh, very form-fitting, which I like. And uh, the razor is class. It says, uh, I had another razor, I've just stopped using it. Yeah, there you go. You see, now you can imagine Colm in a t-shirt and boxers. That's your yes. present today. So yes, get yourself some Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com, use code United Hour and get 20% off. Right, we've got a couple of things talked about. First of all, we have to talk about uh, possibly the uh, the best United player in the league at the moment. That's Jesse Lingard. <laughs> I was really confused where you were going. That um, how buzzing are we for Jesse Lingard? By the way, oh, I mean, I think okay, it's so my highlight those, of the season. So, for those of you who missed it, me and Colm did a Patreon exclusive uh, podcast. Uh, so, if you're not on our Patreon, get on it. It's a pound a month. Uh, yeah. You get nothing. you get sweet uh, sweet extra podcast content, and also in the a Discord uh, for in game chat which um, we thoroughly enjoy speaking to the boys. Yeah, yeah, it's getting it's quite active and got a couple of patrons in there in the well as well at the moment. It's really good. But yeah, uh, couple, about a month ago, me and uh, just before, just when he did the move, uh, yeah. a couple of games in, me and Colm Before, did, before he started banging out all the goals. Yeah, that's yeah, the key oh, point. We, we obviously, we projected that he would score like 10 goals in yeah. about 10 games. That's me and Colm did say this. Um, if you're a patron, you know it's true. And if you're not, how can you prove it? Um, but yeah, it's just, I mean, it is. It's unbelievable to see. Unbelievable to see how well he's doing. Um, and I just wanted to give him a shout out because I think it's absolutely fantastic. And I think it's class. I think it's one of those cool things in football where you can't even really explain it. Like his goal today. Have you seen his goal today? His volley. His, his volley. Yeah, makes no sense. It's a terrible volley. Doesn't it? it you know. <laughs> It doesn't even go fast, and yet it bends from outside in and sneaks in the post. It's basically an awful. It's a, it's basically a fluke, you know. And yet it looks class. It's mad, and that's why I think there's like a god of football that just decides certain things happen. Fergie retires. United are going to be awful for ten years. It's just the way it goes. You just have to accept it. Player has a terrible time. Leaves, you know, under a lot of scrutiny. Has issues in his own personal life. Gets ridiculed and abused on the regular by social media and everyone essentially. And then goes and just becomes the absolute inform Premier player at a team that shouldn't even be punching where they're punching, managed by Leatherface David Moyes. It's just such a good story. I think it's brilliant. And I'm so happy for him. I just think it's class. He's just the missing piece in that in that already very decent West Ham team. It makes me think how much they missed him against us. Like oh, hugely. They were yeah. dreadful against us and couldn't attack against us. And you ha- half of me thinks it's probably just all because of Jesse Lingard. They literally couldn't do anything because of Jesse yeah. Lingard. Like he is everything for them at the moment. I mean, tying everything there. He's bringing Bowen in, who I think looks like a very good player, but was kind of stuck out wide. Miguel Antonio looks so much better when he plays. You know, he seems to have a really good relationship with everyone there and enjoying London and all that kind of stuff. And it's just class. And also, you know, aha Leicester, you know, nice for us to get a bit of an advantage on them as well. So it was it was doubly good today. Well, yeah, I mean he's 
if anything, he's adding a couple of million to his valuation. I don't know how much we'll be able to get from the end of the season, but you imagine it's a pretty packet now because West Ham will be... Especially say, uh, maybe like Declan Rice plus 20 million, we should do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do think that Lingard should go there. I mean, he is a fabulous player, but ultimately he needs to play number 10. He's not going to play our number 10 because we've got Bruno nope. Fernandes. And yep. he's much better in a team that isn't on the isn't doesn't have the ball. He's, he can counter-attack and he can run in space and he won't get that with us. So I mean, also, he, I imagine he's looking at Donny van der Beek's season and thinking, why would I go back to that? Because that's, what, it, that's what, what he'd be doing, really. And it would only cause yeah. issues for both those players. You know, it's... I, I, honestly, I don't, I don't, it might just be that he wants to prove himself some sort of attachment to the club that obviously he you know, loves and that's mm. not in doubt in any way, shape or form um, or possibly just us not being able to come to an arrangement with someone else, whether that's West Ham or other. Um, but I, I think, think he'll have I, a lot of suitors now. Well, he will do, although he was right to be quite picky in his loan choices because I think he turned down yeah. Newcastle, Sheffield United, stuff like that, which is absolutely fair enough and, and he's been proved definitely the smart man for believing in his own ability in that regard because waiting for the for the right move was the correct thing. And I remember they had to do that on the last day by buying. Who did they have to buy to do that? They, they had a loanee who they had to buy, yeah. Um, so it's all worked out amazingly. I also wouldn't be surprised if they bought him for like 30 million and he went back to being quite average. There is something yeah, about it. <laughs> there, is, there is something about it that seems like playing for uh, the summer is part of it, I think. Um, I think it's also just a perfect moment and also a bit of kind of just good fortune and, and kind of... Uh, real positivity from it all going so well but I do think it has an end date I don't think he'll maintain this form like, but I think he will be a good player for them no, I, um, it'll be interesting to see how it goes in the summer I think he scored more goals than most of the players in our team I think now he, he scored uh, this in, in, since he went to West Ham he scored the most goals out of anyone in the Premier League I think it's like 9 in 8 games plus 3 assists or something like that like it's crazy yeah I think only Rashford and Bruno have scored more goals for United this season so they, uh, there you go it's crazy um, but yeah I just wanted to talk about Jocelyn Gad because I think he's really good and on United front we have Granada, right? Um, so yeah, we've got to take a two nil, uh, two nil lead from the away leg, which I'm going to be honest, I half watched. No, it was pretty. It was yeah. I mean, penalty at the end. Can't even remember what the foul was. I mean, it was a bit, bit of a dodgy penalty. Yeah, uh, I sort of remember that. But, yeah. Um, yes. Not yeah, to talk about really with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's comfortable. You know, I just can't see them doing anything at Old Trafford. I no. think hopefully we see some other faces. I bet you Ole just goes with probably the exact same eleven that started this game. Um, oh, I hope not. I mean, you'd, you'd think Bruno and Rashford can at least get a rest at the very yeah. least. Them too. Yeah, um, maybe. And, and I think we'll see James. I think we'll see Van der Beek. I think we'll see. Uh, we'll probably see Cavani I'm sure we'll see Greenwood yeah probably and then maybe Matter and Ahmad will get some minutes as well off the bench yeah. should be fairly routine Matter will play I'm um, sure yeah to be honest Tellis. they seemed like a quality yeah. below is what my impression of the game was I didn't they didn't really have a lot about them to I thought they worked hard and just kind of looked like they were just trying to make it difficult for us but there was nothing on the counter like we were able to really dominate that match it was it was a very workmanlike performance but it was like no threat to us at all really yeah so I mean do you see do you do you even envisage envisage any problems for us in that game no I don't I really don't yeah I really don't yeah so that's on Thursday and then coming up next weekend uh what is coming up next weekend we have Burnley Burnley Ooh. away no Burnley at home a game we never actually win. We never win Burnley at home, weirdly. Um, I, f- I feel like... Isn't that a fixture we haven't won for like three years or so? Burnley at home? Yeah. We lost 2-0 last year. There's been a couple of draws. I feel like it's a, definitely one of our bogey fixtures. Yeah. And Burnley are just lost 2-1 to Newcastle today, so they'll be licking their wounds after that. Yeah, but they're like seven points clear of the drop zone. 
yeah, I think they're, they're, they're safe. They're, safe. You know. they're just like they like coming to Old Trafford, I guess. So they'll just be playing for that reason. But yeah. I mean, it would be nice to beat them for a change at Old Trafford. I'm fed up of not beating Burnley at Old Trafford, and really, we should be, especially with the form we displayed today. And what was the Burnley score away? Two one nil. Good question. Yeah. Uh, it was the game with the Maguire dislodged goal. That's the only thing I remember it for, and the Luke Shaw. Fernandez penalty thing as well. Um, yeah, one 0 I would like to see us win, and I think we will win. I don't. Really, I mean, you know what you get with Burnley. They have Chris Wood, they have Vidra, and <laughs> that's about it, really. Two good central defenders. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's never going to be a super pretty game. I don't think. You hope we blow them out the water as you do with these kind of teams, but it could it could be a tricky performance. Just depend, you know, how they turn up and how we turn up. But I really want to see us finish the season strong. We have a very favourable run in. Um, I know everyone's joking about catching Man City, but I would really like to put down a marker there. And I think finishing strong leads into hopefully a good summer and, and next year. And, you know, the summer is going to be key. And, you know, you have the, like the Pogba question and stuff like that. So I think if we were just to finish in a very strong being a form coupled with mm. Europa League, that could um, that could make all the difference in some of those um, contexts. Well, yeah, like this is, I mean, we have basically wrapped up fourth position now. Uh, top four, not fourth position. Top. We've, we've basically wrapped up top four at this point. So it's just seeing how close we can finish to City, I guess. Obviously, there was some talk after City lost a remarkable game to Leeds yesterday, 2-1, uh, that if we win our game in hand, we'll only be eight points behind. I say only. But, I mean, it's it's asking a lot to actually catch up with them in any meaningful sense and yeah. do a challenge. But I don't think anyone's realistically expecting that. It's, just about finishing close to them. If we can finish, what, five points within them, that'd be pretty good. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Also, just I think the the gap between us and, and the team in third is also important to me. You know, I would want to be a good seven, eight, nine points plus above whoever else that is. So um, just that kind of clear distinction. It won't be Leicester, let's be honest. <laughs> I, think, I think it will be. Um, and also, see if top four stays like this, City, United, Leicester, West Ham with Chelsea, Liverpool, Spurs and then even Everton Arsenal, you know, outside of it all, I think that's I think that would be absolutely hilarious. If that's your bet for top four at the beginning of the season, you'll admit a, a handsome uh, you'll, exactly. So well done, yeah, you. I mean Chelsea look um, good. I'm sure they'll claw into it. Like, but yeah, I think I. I mean, why don't we call it? What's your top four prediction? I think it'll be City, United, Leicester, Chelsea, and Leicester, Chelsea will be skin of the teeth. I think Leicester will finish like a point ahead of Chelsea. I will go City, United, Chelsea, Liverpool. I think Liverpool will sneak in. <sighs> Ooh. Yeah, I mean they're not. I mean they're three points off, like so. It's you know. I mean that is that is the race for. I mean we can look down on them and laugh because really, if we, if we if we give up second from here, then something's got horribly wrong. But I, I really can't see us doing. That. It's funny to look at the table sometimes and remind yourself because at the start of the season, I would never at this stage of the season predicted us to be in second and Liverpool to be in second. You wouldn't have predicted it a month ago. No, <laughs> not a month ago. About a month and a half ago, whatever it yeah. was, being the Fed. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it's funny. See, and you know. Our away record really has been the the focal point of our season. Really, it's been the backbone, and it's just a. It's nice to know you go away and you won't lose. And we've what we've won. I think, I think we've only drawn four of our away games and won the rest. So it's it's a very impressive record. Um, and like I said, we really should go undefeated away for the rest of the season now, which will be pretty impressive. Um, and then we've also got a Europa League semi final. You'd think coming up against what Roma or Ajax. So a lot to look forward to, and obviously we'll cover it all here on United Hour. Um, as always, you can catch us on Twitter, Instagram, United underscore hour, United hour. Just search for us. Um, give us a review on Apple. If you listen on Apple or wherever you get your podcast, just give us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate that. And as we said earlier, back us on our Patreon, pound a month, and you get a, a nice little extra podcast, and you get to talk to us on uh, 
this card during the game. What more could you want? Not yeah. much. Be a friend, tell a friend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, please, please share the pod as well. Uh, we appreciate that. Yeah, United Hour has been a sports social podcast network production. And yeah, we'll catch you probably at the end. We, we might do a Thursday pod on Europa. Uh, if not, it'll definitely be after the Burnley game next Sunday. Until then, say goodbye, Colm. Cheerio. Yep, cheers, guys. Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.